Hello and welcome. It is that time again. What time, you ask? Good question. We're not entirely confident, but apparently there's baseball in America, and to talk about it, I'm here with Hayden. Hello. And Mike. Hey now. I'm still Max. That's great. We're all we're all still here. We've made it, and we're going to talk about Texas Rangers baseball, <laughs> which is apparently a thing that they're going to make us sit through for the year 2021. A whole year this time, because we didn't appreciate it enough last year. It's kind of like, uh, you know, we didn't eat your vegetables or something. You just pile on more, a full 162, what memories will be made, what heroes will be born. It's just... What know, draft I picks will wait. be earned. <laughs> yes, exactly. How high? <laughs> how low are, and how high? We can play go. for Trevor Lawrence, right? We're like we're looking at uh, who's the, the kid out of BYU. I mean, I think that's really the guy that we should be uh, aiming for at, at two here. Um, we can just spend the MLB picks picking up Zach Wilson, right? We're like, is that legal? Can we pick a different sport? Are we allowed <laughs> to do that? Uh, man. Actually, the draft should be really fun this year, though. The draft should be extremely exciting. I mean, the Rangers will find a way of picking some, like, illegal, like, doped-up Russian kid who's actually 22 years old or something. But uh, the two pitchers at a Vanderbilt, Jack Leiter, son of Al Leiter for our um, elder statesman in the crowd, and Kumar Rocker. Mm -hmm. God, when was Al Leiter pitching? Is that your first-hand experience with Al Leiter, Mike? He's not that old, so... Yeah, he's not like an old-fashioned guy. I think he, I think he was out of the game before I remember anything. But like, I know the name at the very least. Uh, and then there's uh, Kumar Rocker, also with Vanderbilt. No, 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 no. Extremely exciting. Al Leiter played up into the 2000s. Yeah, I remember Al Leiter. Oh, was it the? Was it? Was he the younger of the two lighters? Was the other one the older one who did, wasn't as good? Uh, well, then I don't know that one. Leiter. I I remember Al Leiter. I remember. Uh, oh wow. Him being involved with the World Baseball Classic in 06. Oh, wow. And I remember that's because I have his autograph. So I, was, I went up to that Ooh. thing in 06. That was a great memory. That's a whole other thing out in LA. Oh, that's a, but That's actually quite fun. Yeah, going to a uh, Japan versus Korea game on a whim, like on a random March oh, night. I mean, was and picking two awesome. of the best baseball countries, like two of oh, the yeah. craziest fan experiences, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was really oh. cool. That sounds but uh, yeah, I, I, I during that event I got Al Leiter's autograph, and so like I definitely know Al Leiter, so huh. it's not that old. Yeah, I mean he pitched his last pitch for the uh, the Yankees in 05. So, Whoa! Yeah. Oh, that's way later than I would have thought. I I, yeah. I thought he was gone before then. What's the, the brother's name? Is Mark Leiter? Mark Leiter was ninety to two thousand one. Oh, I was just off well, entirely on my. Uh, I, I clearly I was confusing Al Leiter with Al Kaline. That's right. There you go. A classic mistake that we've all made. <laughs> yeah, and so the Vanderbilt pitchers also have a uh, – what is the kids – Jordan Lawler is the shortstop from the Dallas area Jesuit, I think. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and, and honestly, I want one of the pitchers from Vanderbilt. I think that's, that's my preference if I was making the call. But um, Lawler isn't quite as uh, herder Texas Rangers going to pick the toolsy high schooler as most – Texas Rangers draft picks are. Uh, apparently, he compares extremely favorably to Bobby Witt Jr., who, if you've been paying attention to spring training, and if you haven't, that's fine. <laughs> it's COVID spring training. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. is destroying stuff for Kansas City. So um, any of the top three players in the draft are, should be available for, for Texas at two. Kind of fun. Not really a draft podcast, but uh, if the Rangers are too depressing, watch Vanderbilt baseball. Their uniforms are weird, and they yeah. have two extremely good pitchers, which is... Yeah. 
two more good pitchers than the Texas Rangers have. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get into the one and a half good pitchers that we have. I, I would really be okay with either Rocker or Liger. Um, yeah. Not oh, a big yeah. fan of them taking the taking Lawler. My my thing is, uh, he's he's further away, mm-hmm. and it looks like your your window of contention is going to be opening up in the next year or two. And you know, cross your fingers. And I would think that that either Lighter or Rocker would make their way um, onto this yeah. roster here in the next year or two, yeah. and then just go and get Trevor Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's as That's, simple as that. Exactly. It is, it's that. It's that easy. Well, the Rockies like. It actually might. It might legitimately be that easy. Yeah, they, yeah we might be able to trade Odor for him. I mean, you, know who, you know who would actually look really good in a Rockies uniform? David Dahl. I, mean, I, just, I think his game would play great out there. That is not a slam on David Dahl. I actually really like David Dahl. David Dahl, Birmingham boy. You know, I got, I got a good Alabama love for David Dahl. Very excited for David Dahl. I hope he's healthy this year. Um, but. If we could trade David Dahl for Trevor Story and the Rockies are the Rockies, they might not know who that is. Uh, we could sneak one in on them. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Colorado Rockies trading anything for anything else is definitely a topic that I think we will get into at some point this season because that is evergreen content. Uh, so we'll circle around. <laughs> it's depressing because I, it just seems Ugh. like the, the Rockies, they just give people away to not the Rangers. Like, what's up with yeah. that? Why haven't we gotten in on this nonsense? Yeah. yeah this, like, this, we were this supposedly so hot for teacher for Nolan Arenado for years, and yet not a ranger. Yeah. It's just it's insulting. Which I, yeah. I, I take it extremely personally. Uh, but for depressing franchises that aren't Texas, you know, we can talk about Colorado. We talk about this with the Cubs. I don't know what's going on there. That's a Ugh. I mean, I know what's going on there. It's just I don't want to think about what's going on there. <laughs> it's a big uh, bag of suck. That's what's going on there. Uh, but, hey, maybe Chris Bryant will uh, come join his buddy and uh, and man third base for Texas because we're not sure who is going to be manning third base for Texas. It looks like it was depressingly going to be, look, you kids said you were tired of Rugnetto door eating space in the two-hole playing second base. <laughs> Dope. He's a third baseman now. Um, that seemed like well, an extremely forget. depressing future we were all going to have to live in. But Mike, you were saying that that may that may not be the case. Apparently, Mister Woodward was. Yes, I saw on Twitter than, that yeah. Woodward was hesitant to say that uh, Odor would be on the opening day roster. So, sounds to me like they're still listening. I mean, who knows what chatter is out there? But they're they're willing to pretty much take on anything to get rid of him. So. Who knows? Just uh, keep hoping. It's it, okay. this has been drawn. I've been for hoping so for long, a long you time. Know? Oh, I have too. <laughs> Not always for this outcome, just for an outcome, really. Yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, here we are. Here we yeah. are doing the same thing we do every. Oh my gosh, Odor was minus seven wins. Last year, or minus point seven, <laughs> minus point seven, obviously. I, I would be okay with a career-ending injury. You know, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not picky. Just oh, here's the quote. 
from Woodward, we haven't made our final roster, so I can't definitively say that. I will say he's done a lot of really good things. He's played really well at third base. He's done a lot of things on the offensive side from a buy-in standpoint. So I can't definitively say just because they're on the roster doesn't mean they're necessarily on the opening day roster, so I can't say that right now. Oof. Whoa, that's... Man. Uh, that's, yeah. That's surprising to me because it feels like that's... That's almost going out of your way to say bad things about Adora when you could just as easily say, of like, hey, this is a guy who's been around for a long time. You know, nothing, uh, you know, he's still got to earn it. But they're basically saying the, almost the opposite of that, which is not what you'd expect from a dude who's been on this team for seven years already. By the yeah. way, Rudin Adora debuted in 2014, right? Longest yeah. tenured Ranger, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. has to be. Yeah, because yeah. Mazzara's gone. And, that, <laughs> and Profar, and those are the only two who and, were kind and of. And Andrews. Yeah, yeah, Andrews. And Elvis, obviously. We were, yeah. I thought we'd agreed we were not going to talk about Elvis. Tonight. <laughs> I, saw I wish him nothing but the best. You were going to say that, uh, you know, the third base, you thought it was going to be Odor, but I was going to say that, rewind a little bit, we thought it was going to be Elvis. We did. Yeah. Which was also going to be sad. Yeah. In the long, dark time of the offseason, we would occasionally remember that we could talk about baseball and that it was okay, that we are allowed to talk about baseball with each other and it's a safe place. And then we remembered mm-hmm. that. Elvis Andrews slash Rugnet Odor was the com- competitive lead for third base. And we're like, let's stop talking about baseball for a month. Let's come back. <laughs> you know what? Let's just turn it off. We'll turn it back on again in a month. I'm going to yeah. unplug this thing, and uh, yep. we'll see if the uh, the fan graph sorts itself out. And I'm looking at it, <laughs> and it says that the DH is going to be Ronald Guzman, and the third baseman is going to be Rugnet Odor. And that seems... I have something to say about that. Poof. Okay. Oh, yeah. you have some hot, hot Condor Guzman <laughs> takes, right? I do. I do, as right, a matter of fact. I love me some Condor, so I'm sure you can say things that will make me happy. Go ahead. Well, this winter he goes and just, he's lights out in the Caribbean World Series. Yep. Was, was he MVP, correct? Yep. Of the, yep. yeah, the winter link, yes. Yeah. And he comes in in spring. He hits his ops is over 1,000. He's doing exactly what they'd asked him to do. And then you've got Nate Lowe, who's, what is he, batting low 200s right now? I don't have the stats right in front of me, but he's not yeah. hitting lights out. And they decide that they're going to make Lowe the the starting first baseman. And I guess Condor's going to have to share DH duties until until uh, Calhoun is ready. I mean, I, I, I don't understand that. He, he did exactly what they asked him to do. And he's, he's in a great place right now. And oh, let's just go ahead and screw with his head and say, "Yeah, we, you did do everything we asked you to do, but we still want you on the bench." I, I, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I mean, I understand it from a like a um, roster management perspective, and that Nate Lowe was considered a, a a this is a major league player. He started for the team that made the the dang World Series last year. Like Nate Lowe is is going to be the guy. And, and he's gonna have to lose the job, but like, did he I, not like, lose I, the job? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at uh, Baseball Reference. So Baseball Reference for for folks who who don't look at spring training stats. And again, that's okay. I'm a weirdo. Um, they they do this thing where they track the um, quality of opposing pitchers. Basically, 
what service level do these guys have? Are, are, are players in spring seeing great numbers, but that's because they're playing okay. against A-ball kids or they're playing against major leaguers, right? Um, right. Nate Lowe. Uh, Mike, you were actually a little bit too kind to Mr. Lowe. He is batting 184 with an OBP of 300. I mean, you know, not, not the worst thing in the universe. Slugging 340. Pretty bad. OPS yeah. 646. Uh, Condor. 306, 390, 611 for a neat 1001 OPS. Um, baseball Reference believes that Guzman has not only you know had almost twice as good a line, but he's done it against slightly better pitching, so at least similar. You know, I, I think you could maybe make the case that it's probably a plus minus of a couple of points on these things. It's obviously not really a science here, but they faced major league, or they faced very similar quality players in spring training, and, and Guzman is destroyed. Everything he's looked really good. I mean, he looked really, really good like last year coming to spring training too. But obviously, that all was kind of topsy turvy. Like you said, he was amazing off season. He's saying and doing all the right things. I can understand there's like some organizational frustration, but like we've given this guy a chance. He's never been good, but like, eh, nobody's I, good. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've never, I've, I have not yet come anywhere near as frustrated with Ronald Guzman as I have with Nomar Mazzara. Yeah. Like, no more, it felt like you could point to exactly what he was doing wrong, where it's like you're, you're putting the ball into the dirt constantly. With Guzman, it's like you're still pretty young, and there's a lot of long levers there, and hitting a baseball is hard as hell. Like, sure, so he's not really making a lot of contact, but we kind of knew he wasn't going to. That was never part of his like, – like, we knew that it was going to be a thing. Everyone struggles with that. And if he's making those adjustments – it's gonna be really fun when we like profile his ass onto the bench for oh, God. <laughs> another whole big chunk of time. You know, we're gonna do the yeah. same thing that we did to like. I mean, it, it, actually, I think it's a really good comp. Maybe is like Ryan Rua, a guy who maybe could have been good and then didn't quite like get it, and then got told, "Eh, you're not gonna do this," and he got hurt. And obviously, it's a little bit different, but yeah, eh. I'd rather yeah. watch Ronald Guzman than Chris Davis. I mean, it helps that Chris Davis is hurt right now. And I, right. not that I'm happy about that. I, I liked Crush. He was a lot of fun with the the A's. You know, the Rangers are going to suck this year. I really don't mind them having Chris Davis and seeing if he's good again. See if he can hit bat 246, right? That was his batting average for like four years ago. Oh, around. man, one of those numbers. I'd 240 something, yeah. I would I would love to see that. But, like, if I had to pick, like, gun to my head, Guzman or Davis, I would pick Condor. Right. I, oh, yeah, he's more yeah. upside there. And he's a great defensive player. First That's what I was going to say. He's way better defensively than Lowe as well. So he's got him beat on both ends. Okay, to be fair, he's like nine inches taller than Nate Lowe. Like, he's <laughs> cheating. I love the insistence from MLB.com that Guzman is only 6'5", when he is clearly taller than Joey Gallo. Yeah, he's got to be 6'7". Prospect. Yeah, like uh, Tepid was saying for years, this, this kid's 6'7". Like, he is so much taller than he looks. Uh, watching, I've watched a lot of opposing broadcasts, radio or TV, because that's you know, the Rangers have been really spotted during spring training, like all teams are. And um, oh no, I'm not remembering the team now. Uh, I was watching it a couple of weeks ago, and they could not stop talking about how big Ronald Guzman was. They were terrified of this guy. <laughs> they were like, they were talking about Guzman, and they were talking about Terry was in that game, and Gallo. I think it started, and David Dahl is a fairly big guy too, and I think Adelis Garcia got in as well. And the broadcast was Jeez. like. I do not want to fight this team. <laughs> they were like, I don't want to go after this Guzman guy. This dude's huge. He's so big. I, I, I love me some Guzman. I do too. I he's, thought, here it is. He's, he's, he's done it. He's turned the corner. Oh, yeah. We're going to not start you. 
Yeah. Man, I, screw with his psyche some more, why don't you, you know? Maybe he DHs to start the year, though. He may not have won the first base job, and they want to, like, challenge Lowe to, you know, really do that thing. Well, if Lowe has options. Lowe has options, and Guzman doesn't. It's uh, all the more yes. reason that Lowe should be sitting down. Yeah, I, Lowe, just, I, I am looking at this. Lowe has an option. Uh, oddly, David Dahl is listed as having an option. We yeah, could send Joey Gallo down if we want to. Let's not. <laughs> Let's not. Um, Trevino has one. Trevino, sorry. Lita Tavares is obviously still on options. Uh, you know who has uh, all three options remaining? This is an interesting little note. Um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Oh, huh. really? Yeah, all three options, according to Fangraphs. So does Nick Solak, which is less surprising. That was he kind of went guess. Like, prospect yeah. to majors. But like Izzy apparently has uh, never been down long enough to burn an option. He's been kind of just up. I'm what do you think about this year. What do you think about him uh, getting his uh, nose been a little bit out of shape about uh, the shortstop rankings? I didn't oh, see that. I'm, I must have missed this. Yeah, I'm. Uh, if uh, Izzy's going to play with some some fire on his ass, that sounds great. I, I yeah. love his whole shtick as a player. His whole like, I'll play 86 different positions to make the majors. I don't care if you believe that I can't hit a ball out of the infield. I'm gonna hit home runs. Like I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do. I kind of love has been one of my favorite players to watch for years now, and him winning a Gold Glove last year is insane. Yeah, that's that insane. <laughs> yeah, just as a reminder. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Joey Gallo won gold gloves last year. That's a thing that actually happened. Look it up. It's in an almanac somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, that happened. So this was the uh, the 2021 positional power rankings from uh, Fangraphs. And Izzy said, oh. this is going on my locker. I wonder who led nice. the, the AL in defensive war last year. So, <laughs> yeah. Pretty awesome. Well, we know who led the uh, the AL in bad shortstop opinions last year, and that was Angelton Simmons. But let's not talk about that. Look it up. <laughs> it's pretty bad, guys. Angelton Simmons. Don't look for a lot of uh, uh, deep-seated leadership opinions. Um, do look to Isaiah Connor falefa I'm sure he has some interesting things to say. Man, I really hope that he can build on last year. I mean, not to state mm-hmm. the obvious. It's just he was. It doesn't. There, there's challenging. some. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's some – the Rangers – I mean, and, and, and it's been my role for, for as long as I've been alive is to, to look at somebody like IKF or like, uh, I don't know, Orion Rua or um, trying to think mm. of guys that were – like maybe could have been good but just never were because I was – Well, let me dip, dip back into the 80s. Ago. Scott Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's yeah. one of those guys every year. And, and, it, and to Mitch finally Mark. have – yeah, Mitch Moreland is is a great example. Actually, he's a, he's a very um, Rangers ass example. Yeah, and um, uh, Julio Borbone or or uh, players like that, where you're just Benji like, Gill. I, I see it there, <laughs> and and they're going to be good. They're going to be great this year. And then to have somebody actually like do that wild thing of IKF being bad and like, well, at least he's got. You know he's got a different bunch of different bags and or uh, gloves in his bag. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of useful to him to actually turn into a star. It's like it's almost, scary. it's almost scary. Like, it's almost scary. Yeah. You know, it's almost because it's like wait, wait the 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 whole like rose colored glasses. Like if you squint, then you could see like a Michael Young, you know, type of thing. Wait, wait. I mean, he, he did actually it. did that, and so I'm just so scared that he's gonna like turn into a pumpkin again and then mm-hmm. be just the. 
ranger that you just wish on and, and hope against hope, and then they turn 30, and then you go, oh, yeah, I guess they weren't really good. I only cared about them because they had a T on their hat. And I, I, think I don't the thing know. I'm just so scared. I'm just, I've been hurt so many times. I think we're <laughs> just not going to notice a difference in terms of uh, performance, like a step down at least from Elvis for most of the last, like, seven years. Yeah, I was going to say, Elvis, Elvis was a step down from Elvis last year. Yeah, well, there was the good Elvis. Was it was it seventeen? We had good Elvis. Yeah, probably good Elvis he went was into awesome. eighteen being good, and then uh, Keenan Middleton may his name never be forgotten broke that yeah. damn alecranin bone that I can't. I still don't know how it's pronounced, and I'm going to say alecranin, and I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to bite you on, on Yeah, right. Like, come at me. I don't. Whatever, man. Anyway, he broke that bone, and then Elvis never came back from it. Yep. Um And he became fat uh, Elvis. <laughs> then had a bad team, and then nobody cared in twenty. But like, look, look, looking at well, his, but he also his... lost Beltray, and and a lot yeah. of people say that that Beltray he kind of hid some of Elvis's shortcomings because he had such great range as a third. Excuse me, as a third baseman. The positional, like you could paper over a lot of just this. Where does this guy set up on the diamond at the beginning of a play when you know you're right. Adrian Beltre over there. And I think Isaiah Kainer-Falefa is probably not a, a top three shortstop or whatever. I, I don't... I mean, maybe no. he's going to blow my ass out here and win a gold glove, too, at shortstop. It seems unlikely, but, like, as as playing a competent short where he's not the fastest guy in the world, he's not making all the crazy plays, This you know, this is not a, a, a Gian or whatever, but, like, he's going to be perfectly good over there. He's going to make some, some above-average plays, and he's not going to lose you games. That's what we've had from Elvis, and we've been having to lie to ourselves that Elvis is worth $15 million a year as this, like, slick-fielding guy who, yeah, he can't really hit, but he's good on the pads. And, like, he wasn't good at that either. Like, he stole bases, but he wasn't adding a lot of value out there. Kind of for right. is, at the very worst, going to be what we've had from Elvis Andrews for years, and he's not going to cost $15 million a year to do that's, it. That's a good, you know, that's a really good point. Uh, because, I mean, I've got, you know, Elvis's page up here, and, of course, you know, he had 12 years with the Rangers. Um, and so there's How a many seasons here. did he post a WRC plus of 93 or better? Uh, I'm on a baseball reference. Oh, uh, that's right. Well, I can just tell you OPS plus. He only did it twice, of of a hundred. Seems he did it in not 16 great. And 17. 16 and seventeen. We had great Elvis. Yep. Um, and you know, uh, eighteen or seventeen was when he hit twenty home runs. Elvis mm-hmm. Andrews hit twenty home runs in seventeen. Now I it do happened. remember that everybody else did as well. But um, I mean, you look at his stolen base numbers too. Um, you know, we think of Elvis as being. I mean, he, I think he's the all-time franchise leader in stolen bases, and obviously, I I love Elvis to death, and 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 I you know wish him the best, and I hope you know everything. But he and, might also lead the the Rangers in uh, pickoffs yeah, for a career. I mean, he, he, oh, he, good he, God, uh, he got picked <laughs> off a lot off of first base. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, fi- in fourteen, he he stole twenty-seven bases, right, which is pretty solid. But he got picked off fifteen times. Oh my god! And yeah, he got picked off. Yeah, stealing. So it's gonna be one I don't remember that. That's a lot. In twenty in twenty seventeen, he stole twenty five bases, which is pretty great, uh, pretty useful. And but he also got caught stealing ten times. So it's not even. And yeah. he led the league that year. And in, in really, like, is he's not gonna be out there lighting up the paths. He's not gonna Delino de Shields his way into value. But like, right. he he definitely is a good base runner. I think we've seen that. And yeah, he, he runs hard. He goes first to third with you know, 
anybody who isn't uh, you know a Byron Buxton class sprinter like uh, is he's going to give you that bag if that bag can be taken he's going to steal every like, once in a while you know he's not a, a zero out there I, I think but he's, he's not going to get caught napping on the on the base paths either I don't think so That's, I, it does not, I think he's got so a high baseball IQ oh yeah I think he has a really high yeah. I love watching Kiner Falefa bat. I love the like you can tell the way he approach. Does it always work for him? No. This this guy is, I, I again I love Izzy. He's probably not going to win a lot of silver sluggers. He's not really a, like a, a top. He batted two eighty last year. I mean he his, his on base percentage was solid. He doesn't hit for power. I mean he's got no power, which is sort of sucks in the modern game. But it's it's okay. It's not going to kill you. But like his his approach at the plate, you can kind of feel. You can see him trying to game every one of his, his at-bats. And that can get very annoying, I think, when you watch a grinder do grinder things. But when he's your grinder, oh, yeah. you love it. Like that, oh, yeah. that He's the kind of guy I imagine watching, you know, playing against Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is like when I remember playing against Coco Crisp, where I'm like, I hate this dude. I hate yeah. this guy. Like, I'm so sick of this dude taking 26 pitches in at-bat and, like, just playing fine center field. Like, He's not even that fast. How did he catch that? That's stupid. I don't like it. Like, I think a lot of players are going to watch Isaiah kiner Falefa and be like, how do you get that? That's dumb. No, come on. He's not that quick. Like, what is he doing out there? Like, how is this guy good? And I'm so here for it. I love it. He's an, he's a very salty kind of player. Um, and him winning a gold glove, that's not going to go away. They're not going to come steal that out of his house at some point. Like, he's going to have that on his mantle forever. And that's amazingly cool. Like, this dude won a gold glove. People thought he was he was a complete like backup. Nobody is a minor league player. He got a little like, eh, can you learn to catch? Come make the majors. And then two years later, he won a gold glove. And the year after that, he replaced franchise icon Elvis Andrews as the starting starting shortstop. What a and you know what? It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he won another gold glove. It would surprise me. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't for I just me. Think short stops, it's so hard. It's so competitive out there. Yes, it's hard, but he—he's a student of the game, and and he, he, and he never quits learning. That's that's the thing. I heard something about this off season. He spent chopping wood, like yes. swinging an axe. I mean, and he swapped his uh, bat. He swapped bats too. He's, he uses an axe and yeah. a bat now, which I think is yeah. pretty sweet. Just, I mean, it's just he never quits trying. So no. nothing would surprise me about him. The, the thing is, he's not even... I think he's third on my list of guys on this team I would expect to win a gold glove. And I would love to see other people's tops because mine does not include Joey Gallo. I don't think I don't think Joey Gallo's won a lot of gold gloves in his career. Unless he has that for like Rafael Palmeiro. What? Tail what? Where uh, he just keeps winning because he has a lot of home runs. How many errors did Joey Gallo have last year? He's an outfielder. I don't think errors exist. I, I'm not going to look at errors at an outfielder and pretend that uh, that I care. It was zero. It. it was That's zero. True. I love Joey. <laughs> His arm is huge. He's, he's always been sneaky athletic. It's the line I like to say about white dudes. Because he's much faster than people think he is. He's so much faster than people think he is. Mm-hmm. It's extremely fun watching a guy who is a defensive end. He's 6'5". He's listed at 265. I'm sure he's somewhere near there. He moves, man. But on a team with Leody Tavares and some take yeah. your pick of a... I don't think he'll ever get a gold glove because it's not the way they do this anymore, but Ronald Guzman is an extremely good first baseman. Uh, and yeah. uh, Jose Trevino, behind the plate, I think is a sneaky good candidate for, for that kind of stuff. Yeah, he won the, two gold gloves in, uh, in uh, Frisco. 
He did. And, I, and yeah. gold glove for catchers does seem to follow along with like guys who hit get the gold gloves, which is extremely weird. That's how first base was for a long time. Like, right. We remember those awards. Oh but, yeah, uh, we got some good. We got some good gloves in this team, and that's about as much as I think we can say about the offensive side of this team. There's some really good defenders. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I would I would like to crystallize all the all the names that you just put out there, and huh? just think about where they are. IKF, uh, Trevino, and uh, Tavares, mm-hmm. all up the middle. Like yeah. that's that's you know as, as as when you're looking at a team that's that's built like ours and that has the recent history as ours. You're going to have to, you know, really hone in on, on what your, you know, I guess go back to your foundation. Go back to what wins, right? And defense up the middle is is a really strong point to build on. So, and, and, you know, and a, that's, like a that's, right follow-up on that. Thing. We have two more players, one of whom we've mentioned, one of whom we haven't, um, who are not up the middle guys. Well, one of them actually is up the middle. But who are in defensive positions where they've moved down the defensive spectrum but it's because their bat was good enough that we needed to find a place where they weren't going to hurt us. And Gallo ended up being, of course, an amazing right fielder. I, I think he actually right. is a really good right fielder. Don't take my doubting his ability to win gold gloves to be anything more than me really loving his defense. We've been saying on this podcast for a while, he's an extremely good defensive outfielder. The dude can play center field at 6'5", 265. He's one of the biggest yep. center fielders in the history of the sport. Extremely good. Nick Solak But the first time I saw guy. him, the first time I saw Gallo in right field, I'm like, that is a right fielder. He's yeah. built like one. He's got the arm. He's he, he's your prototypical yeah. right fielder. God, yeah. when he throws, when he winds up and winks. I mean, this is oh, a yeah. kid who was hitting 96 on the mound as a lefty as a high schooler, which is pretty fun. And he shows it from the outfield. I yeah. love watching it. And he's not just a big arm. Like, we've seen guys who are just huge arms. Like, have you watched Yoenna Cespedes play defense? Huge arm. Right. right. Cespedes is a ooh, he is a god awful fielder. He's an extremely bad outfielder. Like he just doesn't know where he's going. He's fast. He's athletic. I mean, Yoenis Cespedes got a lot of Bo Jackson comps, especially early in his career. But like the dude's all over the damn place out there. Gallo like reads the ball well. He makes good plays. He can leap. Like he's athletic towards the wall. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and he's in a similar capacity of moving kind of down the spectrum from Nick Solak, who we were looking at as maybe being. And possibly even a center fielder before we realized that wasn't really going to happen. And he's never really quite had a defensive position, but it looks like he's going to settle in at second base. And I know we on the show have kind of long been fans of Solak's bat, and the Rangers seem to like it. Um, and they seem to be excited about what he's going to be able to bring to the table this year because they, they booted Elvis Andrew, or sorry, Rugeta Door out to to make him the uh, the starter. You know, he was, he was good in 19 in tiny sample, and he was there in 2020 he was present he, he started well and then did did not end well yeah well, yeah limited power extremely limited he only hit two home runs last year only 25 sorry only it was in 58 games um which is the whole season basically he only hit two home runs which seems extremely weird to me um, I know the ball was a little different last year they've unjuiced the ball for sure for this season the ball appears to be quite unjuiced but so for everyone except Gallo. Oh, Joey Gallo, you could throw <laughs> you could throw a lead shot, a cannonball, and he's still going to hit it out. He hit the home run. He hit a home run today. We're recording this on the Sunday, the twenty eighth. Joey hit one today where he kind of just like casually swung at a bad pitch and tipped it off the end of the bat and put it fifteen feet over the fence and left, such that the left fielder did not chase it. And it's like, 
Good lord. <laughs> that is a strong man. He did yeah. not get any of that. And it still just went down. Love to see Joey it. is fun. He's extremely fun to watch. Uh, and that's why we're just not going to talk about the pitchers. Let's just keep talking about position players. Yeah. No, um, I, mean, uh, I would like to bring up one guy. This furthermore, just kind of down the down the list a little bit. Uh, yeah. And this could you could jump into this a little bit more, or you could just kind of store this name away. But um, in terms of up the middle guys that that are very strong defensively, okay. is I I love Anderson Tejeda. Oh yeah, uh, I loved love him last him year. A lot. Extremely yes. fun to watch. I think I think he's going to be a part of this team going forward. I mean, he's fun I, to watch I, I the play. Too. He's fun to watch in the field. Huge arm too. Good, exactly. yeah. gracious, he can put it on there. He's yeah. fun. So, These so I think that he's a guy that when you when you think about how this season's shaking out, especially you, you know, you hope to see Josh Young uh, at some point. Obviously, um, Shirt and Apostle is in the plans as well in terms mm. of the infield. Um, Anderson Tejeda is. I think that his defense is certainly going to be a priority is how do we maximize this you know especially because he's been a shortstop in the minors um but if you're trusting that to ikf kind of for the immediate future the next couple years obviously uh, Tejeda is going to have to be placed somewhere else and if ikf comes out there and and does what uh, i think y'all are really hoping for here and plays gold glove caliber defense at shortstop maybe that makes the decision to say stick an Anderson Tejeda at third with a huge arm but you know maybe somewhat mm-hmm. limited range and footwork because he's a little bit raw at the position much easier you have the inverse Beltre where right. you have an extremely rangy and good shortstop if IKF shows that and I don't doubt that he can um that may make the decision easier for team if they're looking at like, hey, this adore thing is not working at third or whoever is playing over there like goodness only knows Brock Holt like, come on. Rock Holt. Ah, Rock Holt. Holt. But maybe we get some Anderson Tejeda out there. Or Shirt and Apostle, yeah. who obviously was you know a bit overmatched, but like he was extremely young and playing in a very stupid season. Um, I don't think there's any reason to believe that Apostle is not an interesting part of this team's future. Um, really love Anderson Tejeda. A, a guy I thought you were going to mention, and I was, I was curious about your thoughts on it, but you, you didn't say it was Eli White, who is having... Oh, yeah. Another really good spring. He was a guy that I really liked two years ago when he came over from Oakland, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Extremely yep. athletic. Everybody loved him. And then he just sort of didn't, didn't really do anything. You know, didn't have a long look. Never got him, like, extended play. Right. He's, he still could be an interesting guy. Um, and it looks I, like he's going to make I a team so in spring. <clears throat> yeah, he is. And, you know, what I – I mean, to me, that's – he's kind of – after an afterthought to me as, as I look at the team and, and its future I don't think that you would count on anything out of Eli White in terms of you know being on the next winning team or anything like that no but, expectations I, I mean think. yeah very very low expectations but it's obviously the it's obvious that he has a lot of tools that he's he's highly athletic um, yeah. he has had success at every level you know he's not a star he's he's had to sit around at every minor league level and, and kind of earn that promotion uh, over a long period of time um, but it it seems like there's no there's nothing that there's no holes in his game I guess uh, it's just his limit his ceiling on those tools might be might be quite low but I mean I I'm glad you mentioned the past like when he came over I remember I think it was this time last year but it might have been it might have been two years ago I remember that a lot of the front office people especially I remember an interview with Michael Young talking about uh, kind of who stands out you know in the spring and stuff and mm-hmm. and he the stuff that he said about Eli White was it 
seemed extremely intriguingly genuine uh, in the way that he was talking about him, like in a specific way, rather than than just saying like, oh yeah, we have this Eli White guy, and you know we're excited about what he can do, and like see if he can put it all together. He's you know he's a he's a gamer. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't any of that. It was like stuff that was very specific. So that I mean I don't know I I do recall those things, and so hopefully he can, you know, play around in the outfield and and not be a complete waste with the bat and that that could yeah. then you know be be an important part of a team moving forward the, the specific thing that I want to remember and I, I might be making this up but I, I want to say that it was Young who's really high on it but somebody said he was the fastest player on the team and that was like peak Delino DeShields time and we were like yes what? I remember no. that too and yeah. I, I want to say that someone said he, he beat DeShields in a, like a two leg sprint but he, he outran Delino on it and that would be stupid because <laughs> Delino DeShields is a top five <laughs> player in all MLB in sprint speed like every year that he's had enough um, runs to qualify in StatCast he's been like top three top five he's extremely fast I mean, like, we knew he was fast, but, like, Delano Shields was bonkers fast. I mean, the only guys who are faster than him were, like, Billy Hamilton and Byron Buxton, who are two of the fastest men to ever play the game. Like, DeShields is uh, really quick. So if this is uh, Eli White's chance to get some plate appearances and do some stuff, I think there should be some plenty of at-bats. Leonid Tavares, I, I think, is the starting center fielder, probably. Right. right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm happy with that. I'm wondering if they're going to screw it up and be like, no, no, we're going to let Kyle Gibson play center field this year or whatever. Like, I, I think it should be Leody. Like, let him go out there. And if, if he is struggling and you need to send him down, or if you just want to, like, get some reps in there, be like, hey, man, you're still young, play a couple of games a week, that's a good opportunity to let Eli White go out there and, and play some good center field. You obviously stepping down, Leody is one of the best in the game when it comes to center field defense, but White can cover ground. Yeah, that's not a terrible place to get some at-bats and let Leody, like, sit on the bench and watch the game too from the big league level there's obviously a lot to learn still just from charting and from you know kind of being around and, and listening to your coaches who are commenting on like what a pitcher is doing there's some learning that can get done up there and i don't think it would be punishing to either of these young guys to to kind of timeshare a little bit I'm looking forward to a lot of leote defense though it's uh yeah he's got that um the, the true greats where he makes plays that are so good that they don't look impressive anymore. Like the old Ken Griffey Jr. where he just kind of glides into position and just just there for the catch. And you're like, he ran 100 feet. Like, how did he get there? Uh, really fun to watch Lietti out there. So that's it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, and not just for Jonah Hunter behind the plate. And sleeve. Yeah. Big sleeve. Good tap. Last note he doesn't on have Eli a, White before we... Oh, so go ahead. Yeah, is uh, it just because I thought this was really interesting... Uh, 98th percentile in sprint speed. Sounds about right. In wow. the MLB. So that's legit. Yeah, he's, uh, he's t- an athlete. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about the flow. Oh, man. Jonah Heim uh, has made the team out of spring training, it looks like, unless something truly unfortunate happens the next couple of days. Beating out Pretty cool. uh, noted luminaries uh, Drew Butera. <laughs> and uh, oh gosh, I had a joke on this one because I saw the guy in a game today, and I was like, "Oh, we have him." It's a, just another backup catcher who's just uh, hanging around MLB. But anyway, Jonah Heim just acquired from from Oakland. He was in the Elvis trade, right? Yes. So that's that's a, an interesting one. He's got big hair, which I'm always a huge sucker for. He does not have Davis Wenzel hair and beard. Davis Wenzel looks like a he looks like a. 
like a wildling oh, the, from Game of Thrones. He does. He, he looks like <laughs> Tormund Giants Bane, uh, yep. not quite as ginger. Uh, he's not the. Oh, who was the Dodgers third baseman? Oh, um, Turner. Turner, yeah, Jacob Turner. Uh, not quite there for Wenzel. Wenzel actually did, uh, did replace Heim in the game today. The only time you'll see Jonah Heim's hair get upgraded in the Major League Baseball game, I imagine. <laughs> um, that's about it. Uh, Hicks, John Hicks is what I'm thinking of, who's just an extremely... He's a guy catcher whose name I know because I spend too much time looking at fantasy baseball rosters. John Hicks, check him out. Uh, Jonah Heim should be fine. I, I, he's a guy who doesn't have a huge prospect pedigree. I, I don't think we should be expecting all-star performances. You're not, you're not really hoping this guy is a Josh Young or a Leo Tavares, a, a franchise cornerstone. But he's a catcher who makes contact. He's got a little bit of pop and apparently plays good defense. And he's really impressed folks in camp. And that's great. We have two young, interesting, like building block kind of catchers between him and Trevino. That's great. Like, let these guys get to know your pitchers. Let them get some big league looks. They can split time without either one of them feeling like they're being backups and you're not taking plate appearances away from a guy who's, you know, better equipped to handle a pitching staff. Kind of an awesome timeshare experience there. Um, yeah, but Heim does throw out over 50% of, of base runners. So he's got the arm and he definitely has that arm. going for him. If, if he can learn how to hit, then he's going to have a place in this game for the rest of his career. I think that's I think that's that's right. He's also very big. He's a very tall yeah. player, uh, and that's kind of fun for giving a little bit of extra work uh, or maybe a little bit extra major league look of things that they can be coaching on to prep uh, Huff, who is also six foot five, like Heim is. Six, Heim is six four, six five. He's very tall. Um, coaching a big catcher seems to have been a thing that that some teams have struggled with. It's not something they've ever seen before. So if uh, the major league coaching staff and pitching staff can can work out some rust working with Jonah Heim to get themselves ready to pitch to Huff, added bonus. <laughs> like sounds good to me. And if we have three catchers where you're rotating the big bat of Sam Huff through a, a setup of a, a really glove first guy like Trevino who makes good contact, and then a potentially all around player like Heim who does control the running game, which isn't as valuable you know in 2021 as it was 20 years ago, but it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket of a guy who does shut off a potential avenue for value on other teams. Uh, and then, you know, like you're saying, if he can work the contact around Heim, could be a pretty legit hitter there. Um, it'd be nice to have a little bit of a timeshare situation going on with a catcher. We can keep easing in big prospect Sam Huff. Um, but when you talk about catchers, I think you've got to talk about the guys who are throwing them the ball. And I don't want to talk about the guys who are throwing them the ball. Because that's going to hurt. We have Hayden referenced it earlier. My official listing shows that Texas has 1.5 units worth of interesting pitchers. We have three half interesting pitchers. It's uh, Fulte, Dunning, and Kohei Arahara. And, and I think that's about it. Everyone else is hurt or bad. Or both. <laughs> You could put Kyle Cody in there to a certain extent. That's true. I do like Kyle Cody a lot. I'm, I'm being very rude to Mr. Cody. Uh, I think Kyle Cody is extremely – if he's a starter, if they're going to actually let Kyle Cody like do Kyle Cody stuff, if Kyle Cody's a reliever, you know, whatever. No, he uh, made the team, and I think that he's going to make the team as a starter. That's good. I, I, yeah. I do like Cody. He's looked really good in spring. Great movement. He, he looks like he's, he's fully recovered from that Tommy John that really kind of messed him up for a while. 
Um, he was an interesting pitcher as a as a prospect as well. You know, at, at Kentucky, if I remember right, and. I'm a big sucker for a six foot seven guy who throws the ball real hard. Like that's fun. Um, so I, I like him. I think he's a. I think he's an interesting player. So let's say we have two interesting pitchers. The problem is they're spread over four different people. <laughs> yeah, which is and the other people that are interesting are like interesting in a. Uh, let's see if they can turn their careers around and actually turn good, like Palumbo or Hearn or Allard. You're like I'm interested yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting into in that. what you're doing because I really want you to make me happy. <laughs> I'm a huge weirdo. So I'm extremely interested in Taylor Hearn and Joe Palumbo and and you know Wes Benjamin. I've always loved oh, Wes yeah, Benjamin, I love Wes. you know. Yeah. Uh, I've really liked Wes Benjamin for like a long time. Brock Burke, you know, maybe Brock Burke comes around and, and shows some some value here. But these are all guys where if if they never if they if this is the last season that they pitch in the major leagues, you're also not extremely surprised. Like right. all of these dudes can be guys who they made it, they they kicked around for a couple of years, they went down to the minors, and they never made it work. I hope that's not the case for all of them. I, I don't have any reason to dislike any of these players. I extremely <laughs> yeah. like all these guys. You know, Hearn obviously is an insanely good story. I know um, Levi and others have written great pieces on him and his rodeo background on the athletic. He seems like a really cool dude. Uh, I'm a big fan of of hoping to get something out of guys like Brock Burke. And, um, I've liked Colby Allard for years as a, a sort of unintentional Braves fan. These are some interesting players, but at this point, you're not you're not expecting anything. You're you're hoping that you get something nice, that you have a cool story to tell, but you're not going to be hurt. Like I, you know, Brett DeGus is on this team, and do I mm-hmm. expect anything out of Brett DeGus? Nope. Nope. I'm not going to be hurt if Brett DeGus is bad. If he's good, it's like, oh, that's so cool. Neat. Josh Spores. I described Josh Spores earlier as a guy who has yet to be bad. It'll happen. (laughs) It's going to happen. Um, He'll get there. And maybe he gets there in 10 years, and he's a fungible middle reliever. But maybe he's a useful middle reliever now. I don't know. He's not a guy that I'm, I'm circling in my calendar with little hearts. Just waiting to hear pitch. Yeah. Who do you circle in your calendar with little hearts? <laughs> I, 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 I want to know this list. I mean, we need you to put together a list. I do have a guy right now for starting pitchers um, circled in the calendar. I want to watch every one of those dudes starts. Uh, actually, I have two for Texas. Um, uh, Fulton Evitz, Mike Fulton Evitz, came over from the Braves. He was an all-star in 2018. He was not an all-star in 2019 or 2020. He pitched exactly one Major League Baseball game in 2020. He was so bad he got cut and nobody picked him up, which is extremely weird for a guy who's an all-star 18 months before then. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Uh, Fulte's Vila looks like it's back up. He's throwing hard. The numbers haven't really been there in spring, but who cares? Um, he could be fun. And uh, Dane Dunning, who is a, a legit prospect. He was returning the Lance Lynn trade. He's not one of those super exciting, like, top-of-the-rotation, can't-miss pitching prospects. And as it turns out, those guys miss a a lot. So I'm actually really excited in a pitching prospect like Dane Dunning, who's like, eh, he's kind of boring. Because so many of these, eh, he's kind of boring, that's Shane Bieber. He was very good in the minors, but nobody was, like, knocking down your door to tell you how good Shane Bieber was going to be. He won the Cy Young. He's going to win it again. 
I'm not saying Dane Dunning is Shane Bieber, but he's a little bit more in that like vein mm-hmm. of, yeah, he's going to be a good pitcher. He's going to be fine. He's not going to blow your socks off. He's not going to be a Torp. He's not Clayton Kershaw. But that means that when he's like a good three, we go, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed yeah. to we I'm, go, oh, he was supposed to be Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. I'm excited about Dane Dunning. I, I, yeah. I want to watch his starts. I don't have any reason to believe he's not going to be a solid pitcher. And that's, depressingly, that's really good for Texas. <laughs> Yeah. It's about as good as it's going to get, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. I mean, I guess uh, good news, uh, or, you know, things that are positive is I saw that uh, Matt Bush was told that he made the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is which is just really awesome. I mean, you know, everybody knows his story, and, you know, we've, we're in a different timeline, I guess, in regards to that. And as somebody who just came over to the Rangers and worked really hard and, turned out to be a really 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 good pitcher you know five years mm-hmm. ago six years ago i guess um to see him flame out with the with the elbow thing i mean that seemed just like oh well dang like that that that's really heartbreaking you know matt bush seemed like he could have you know had a second career really or mm-hmm. have ha- have a second shot at a first career uh in this in this game and but you know when you're over 30 and your elbow gives out, that's and and you try to come back and then it gives out again. Yeah, I mean that's kind of it. But you know, all the credit in the world to him, and I'm really really excited to see him pitch again because I loved watching him. I mean, he, he just throws so hard with such a high spin rate. Yeah, it's it, and he's so dominate almost robotic. He just goes out there and just bangs that thing in at you know 99 miles an hour with that crazy slider he was throwing for a while. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah, and, and obviously Matt Bush carries a, a ton of. Um, you know, personal baggage from back when he was with Tampa or his career. You know, a, a lot of really bad stuff that we don't we don't really need to get into. You, you'll probably be familiar with it if you're listening to this podcast. You probably know who Matt Bush is, but to my knowledge, he has stayed in treatment and he's done everything that he's been needing to do and to help himself as a person and to not put other people in the positions that he put people in back then. Mm-hmm. And I think that's in, important to look at. This isn't a guy who keeps getting breaks because he's a great player who does bad stuff. He, right. he did do some really bad things, but he's apparently, you know, from what we know, at least on the outside, addressed that, and he's having to work his ass off as just a guy. This is not a dude yeah. who's, who's just getting chance after chance because he was the number one overall pick, and he's so good, but you know he, he messes around. He just keeps getting hurt now. And that, and that's, that was Josh. That's yeah. He's not doing, and it no. was that hurts. I loved Josh Hamilton, but you know this is a guy who was who was continuing to make serious mistakes, and he did so after he left the game. As obviously we we learned was that two years ago. Now? Just stupid choice. Just a bad situation with some some family stuff that I don't have the details in front of me, but I, the details I've seen are extremely bad. They're not good, um, you know. And we haven't heard that kind of stuff about Matt Bush, so it's much easier, I think, to, to revel in Matt Bush's resurrection again. Yeah. Where he's not yeah. overcoming the finger quotes adversity what people make for themselves. Or like, I really overcame that adversity of getting into a domestic violence situation with my girlfriend. No, we're not talking about that. He's overcoming the adversity of just injuries that derailed a career that was already repaired after he derailed it himself. And that's right. that's something I can get behind. And I think you're right, Hayden. It's it's been it was nice to see that. I didn't yeah. like seeing that he made the team the same time that Ian Kennedy did, and they're going up for the closer <laughs> job because it's not 2011. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Uh, anyway. Uh, this, 
I mean, that's the team, man. It's it's Ian Kennedy. It's it's, it's Ian Kennedy's it's, team, bro. <laughs> let's see if we can get something else out of Matt Bush. Kyle Gibson. Jordan yeah, okay. Lyles. Jordan Lyles, the farewell tour. Make sure you get your tickets for, you know, the last <laughs> week of September. When's, that way you when's the, the Jordan Lyles bobblehead night? That's what I like. <laughs> Wasn't it? I, I swear to God, I just saw a story about how the Rangers have tons and tons of bobbleheads for dudes yes. who are no longer on the team that they just oh, need yeah. to get rid of. I, I think it was ESPN wrote an article just about like, the game at large, <laughs> and they, they did a paragraph on the, the Rangers in particular because – the bobbleheads that the Rangers were going to give out in 2020 uh, were for Chu, Andrews, um, uh, about Lynn or Minor? Lance Lynn. My, man, Lance Lynn. <laughs> yeah, I, I could only see his face. Like, I could we give you six months face. off and you forget everything yeah, about I know. baseball. Uh, anyways, Lance Lynn, and, and I think there might have been one more of a guy that's not here. God, maybe, if you can always see Lance like Lynn's face, I'm sorry. That has to haunt you. <laughs> that's a very intense yeah. looking man. Yeah. It's Yukon oh. Cornelius. That's what if, he is. If I... Oh, wow, Mike. That's a pull. <laughs> oh. That's... If you, you like don't know who Yukon Cornelius is, do yourself a favor and uh, uh, just Google that. Just All right. you, You've <laughs> not watched television in the month of December at any point in your entire life. <laughs> and I feel bad for you, son. Oh, you're going to find... Oh, Hayden. Oh. That guy. Yeah, you know who that is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I had not thought about that, but like, if I woke up in my bedroom and I was just haunted with the face of Lance Cornelius, I would be <laughs> extremely upset. So I'm sorry about that, Hayden. That sounds like it's pretty rough. No, I mean, I, I just am sad that I couldn't remember his name. Like... We've had some interesting yeah. picture faces though, between Lance Lynn, who is just like a very distinct look, and then Mike Miner, who I will never get over the idea that Mike Miner is like a fifty-eight-year-old, twice-divorced high school chemistry teacher. Like oh, that's yeah. just. Oh yeah. Well, I, I think it, I don't think he's a chemistry who, who teacher. Has, like, I think he's the groundskeeper. No, no, I think he's a teacher. He, I think he's a cool teacher. He has like a great relationship with both of his exes. Like they come to the school sometimes, and people think it's a little weird. <laughs> like. I just have this whole thing built up. Like, I had that guy. Like, I know Mike Miner. I, I learned history from him in the seventh grade. Like, I just, I know Mike Miner so well, and I hope he does. I don't even know where he is this year. I think he's back with the Royals, right? Uh, I did not see. No. I mean, I just I, saw I, that, I won't dispute that. it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, you, you mentioned other babblehead, though. Uh, Shin Tzu Chu. Uh, obviously, uh-huh. was a, a oh, long-time yes. favorite of you know the folks in here. I loved Chu. You know the the contract put a lot of pressure in places, and he wasn't always you know living up to the the dollar value. But I always felt that he was a good Ranger, and I I liked. I never I was never upset to watch Shin Su Chu play baseball, except when he was hurt. Like I I never was looking at a, at a play, play appearance being like, come on, can we get somebody else out here? Which I've definitely had for other players that the Rangers have employed, and I will have for about eighty percent of their roster this season, I imagine. But like. Shin Tzu Chu, I always liked watching play. He has returned home to Korea. He's taken up uh, a contract there with... Uh, it's not Wyverns anymore, right? They just changed their name. Uh, Landers? Sure. I don't know. Sure. It, I think it was SK Wyverns, and they changed their name. Uh, they got acquired by a new company. Uh, the names are typically corporate for the, the Korean teams. Right. Um, and that's awesome. He's obviously a beloved figure in Korean baseball. He never played in the KBO. He was... Uh, unusually, he was drafted out of... Uh, Korea by the Indians, if I remember right. 
Um, yeah. And so he came straight to the States, into the minors. He'd never played in the in the KBO. But the the team that originally did draft his rights in case he stayed home is the team that signed him to a deal, which is kind of a cool little homecoming. That's going to be a lot of a lot of fun for him and for his family. Like I, I hope that's amazing. The the dude deserves it. Uh, I think he could be it definitely still be a very useful player, especially in a place like the, the KBO. Um, I think that's going to be that's been pretty cool. So yeah. wish him the best there. I hope he wins MVP. <laughs> Um, well, I guess it's kind of it, huh? That's that's the team. That's yep. the landscape. They they start on Thursday, right? God, yep. wow! April first, uh, right? Kansas City. Woo! Yeah, let's 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 do this thing. <laughs> four sleeps. Four sleeps. Just well. Yeah. Four sleeps. Three sleeps. If you're uh, feeling spicy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> or like me, are suffering from severe COVID-related long-term insomnia. It may be only three sleeps. Get that vaccine, kids. It's good. You yeah. don't want this. It's not fun. Don't care for it. <laughs> but let's go four sleeps. Yeah, four sleeps sounds a lot better for all of us. Four sleeps. We're going to be in uh, in Kansas City, and uh, with uh, yeah, it's oh man. Yeah. It, who was the opening disc starter? Kyle Gibson. Kyle oh, Gibson. Man. Yeah. I mean, that you put that name right up there next to, like, Tanner Shepherds and uh, <laughs> Get out of Kevin here. Millwood. I mean, not I'm even leaving. Kevin Millwood's way Millwood. Back. That's the name I was trying to think of. Hell, uh, jumping out a window. <laughs> Some Rick Helling crap. Millwood, Actually, Rick Helling Millwood good, started, like, mind. three of them, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rick Helling, but Rick Helling was good, is not a thing you want to describe a pitcher as in 2021. When you say, it's Rick Helling, but Rick Helling was good. Poof. Yeah. Man. Man. Case and Gabbard ass. Kyle Gibson. Man. They have the same initials. Yep. They're both big. Kyle Gibson's way bigger than you think he is, too. That dude's enormous. And it's uh, uncomfortable. I don't like it. He's so much bigger. Yeah, hopefully Hun Dong Yang uh, is good, and we get to see him pitch soon. That'd be fun. Yeah, and you know what? Even if they're not, we're still gonna watch him pitch. Uh, yeah, you know we're gonna truth, watch. Man. We're gonna watch the whole thing. Well, one and we're gonna talk about it. We yeah, are we're gonna talk, talk about, about it too. It. It's uh, you know with with everything going on, and and even though we're you know hopefully halfway through the season, we can we can really let loose and be back to normal and go to some games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hell you know, yeah. Uh, that, that'd that be awesome. And uh, it's going to be good to, I don't know, I guess like the, the inflection point that we're at right now as a country, at least within within this community, of, of baseball starting again and kind of things getting off of the, the brock, the blick, oh my gosh, I can't speak. Things getting <laughs> off of the, uh, you know, the, the tires are rolling mm-hmm. with the baseball and society. Lockdown, lifting. Let's... Let's just watch 162 baseball games, no matter how they go, and I'm really going to enjoy that. Gonna I am extremely that. excited for the concept Indeed. of some baseball on. Oh, it's going to be nice. It's going to be Play good. ball. Yep. Let's do it. And we'll talk go about Rangers? <laughs> or don't, go Rangers. I don't care. And go Vanderbilt. Ooh.